Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello, welcome back to True Crime Archives. I have a little bit of an announcement for everyone before we get started. Right, Dad? Yep. This episode is coming out on the 24th. So next week, we will not have an episode for you guys on Monday. It is Memorial Day, and we are just going to take the week off. It's a little holiday. You looked like you were going to say something. Yeah, no, we <laughs> just want you to enjoy the holiday with your family, not have to worry about uh, tuning in. So, because we're going to do the same thing on that day. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good holiday to just you know enjoy, relax, mm-hmm. spend with the family, enjoy the weather. A lot of pools out here on the East Coast open up on Memorial Day, and a lot of families are at the beach. Just take that day and enjoy some family time, and we will be back the following week yep. with an episode for you guys so right. it's just our first little break <laughs> we're just gonna jump right into it mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so i have to explain a little bit i picked this case because i was watching um a show on netflix dad mm-hmm. and this case is kind of talked about a little bit in it um there are some theories that we'll get to but i was the more i researched this it was just super intriguing So that's why Mm -hmm. I picked this, just for everyone to know. What we're talking about today, it kind of has a possible bizarre connection to the Son of Sam. And even Ted Bundy is talked about Mm -hmm. at some point. You know, these are just theories, though, but we'll we'll get into that. We'll peel back that onion a little bit later. (laughs) My turn. But this this is going to, we're going to talk about it. But really, when you go and do your own research, if you do, if you care to do, you... You could write a thesis on it. There's so much. I spent so much time. I went down different rabbit hi- holes. Mm-hmm. Hills. I keep saying hills. But we're going to talk so about much. one murder in particular. Right? Yes. Arliss Perry is who we are talking about. Arliss Perry was a newlywed at 19 years old in August of 1974 when she moved from Bismarck, North, North Dakota to Stanford University in Santa Clara, California with her high school sweetheart, Bruce Perry. At 5.45 a.m. on October 13th, 1974, so this is roughly about eight weeks, seven weeks later, mm-hmm. Arliss was found murdered in the campus church by the security guard. This would go on to be the biggest cold case in Santa Clara and would be unsolved for 44 years. DNA once again comes in to save the day and solve this mystery in 2018. Mm-hmm. And in my research did reference the Golden State Killer mm-hmm. um, because this had just happened a few months before yeah, this was a, solved. A lot of cases were solved around 2018. Yes. Now, I will say there is a lot of talk about the DNA solving it and it does say that it was advances in DNA technology that helped to solve it, but it mm-hmm. never comes out and say it says that it was genealogy. Well, no. I but don't, it, it references yeah. the Golden State Killer, and it references advances in DNA, and that's okay. all it says. All right, let's talk so. about the, the couple for a second. So... Oh, my gosh. What? 
we're gonna talk about the couple. Can I t- well, tell yeah, you about so my? Well, yeah. So you jumped, you jumped right to it. But they're from where? They're from. So they're from Bismarck, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the cold. How do you get to California from North Dakota? He so Bruce Perry is her husband. Mm-hmm. Okay, he is currently known as Doctor Bruce Perry. He is a world-renowned American psychiatrist. He, you guys go do some research on him. I mean, he's been on Oprah a million times. I did not know this. He's mm-hmm. there's currently one on Discovery Plus. Like he is amazing, and he was going to school at Stanford. Oh, okay. So okay. and they were high school sweethearts. So, so they they got married. She followed them. Yeah, they got married, and she followed him. She was working um, as a receptionist at one of the places out there while he was going to school. Mm-hmm. So she's hanging out on campus, living with them, or living wherever. They no, well, they lived on campus. The campus yeah. had um, on campus housing for uh, married okay. couples specifically. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I didn't know that. All right. So he's studying. He was pre law. Maybe at this I think? point in his career, I, I think, think he was pre med. Yeah, uh, pre med. Yeah, yeah pre med. Right. Yeah, pre med. Yep. Mm-hmm. He. I mean, he goes on. He goes to Amherst. He goes to Yale. He he goes on to do a yeah. lot of. We know everything we know pretty much about like childhood trauma and stuff because of him. Yeah, that's the cool. The world. Yeah, he's, he's really cool. Go do your own research on him. All right. So they're out there in what year? This is 1974. 1974. She's 19 years old. Timeline. Break down the timeline uh, a little bit of that night and specifically what happened. Mm-hmm. So on October 12th, this is 1974, Arliss and her husband, Bruce, get into a little bit of argument. Uh, they're out walking. Uh, it, a few things I read said that they were going to get mail. Some other things said that they were mm. just out taking a yeah, walk. Yeah, they were out. Yeah. yeah. They're walking. They get into a little bit of an argument, apparently, about the tire pressure in their car. Yeah, it's silly, isn't it? Yeah. You know that's I mean, what they were arguing about, right? Because why yeah. else would, that, who would make that story up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she decides to go to... Uh, the Memorial Church, which is right there on campus. Also, uh, she is them. They they both are religious. They come from religious upbringings, religious families, you know, Christian families. They go to church. This was not uncommon for her to just mm-hmm. go to the church and pray. She went to the church all the time. So the church closes at midnight, and at around twelve thirty, Arliss still has not returned home. So Bruce goes to the church to try and look for her. But the doors are closed. So he's like, okay. Goes back. Um, he waits a- until around 3 a.m. And then he reports her missing. And the police have the security guard go and check a couple times. And he tells them that, you know, he went and checked, but all the doors were locked. He locked up. And then when he goes back at 5.45 a.m., like 6 a.m., he notices that that one of the side doors is unlocked. Yeah, he's. I think the last time was two a.m. He says he did a check, a routine check around two a.m. Mm-hmm. And all the doors were locked. So mm-hmm. then at five forty-five, he goes back and he says one of the side doors is unlocked. So he goes in and. Oh my god! Right. Someone must have broke in or something. Yeah, the the theory is that they he locked someone in the church with her. Mm-hmm. Right. So he finds her. Like on the floor, and she was in the pews where she had been praying, and she had been sexually assaulted and strangled and stabbed in the head. So that is the crime. Wasn't her body positioned a certain way? So that's kind of where the, like, this 
one of the theories about the son of Sam comes in is one of the, the pastors looked at the way her body was positioned and said that it seemed like it was uh, a part of a satanic ritual. Yeah, like her hand for crossed or something. Yeah, and there was uh, like a candle that was shoved up through her shirt. Yeah, yeah so with she, her there arms was two there candles. And the way she was, yeah. There was one. Yes. In her private parts. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is a daddy-daughter podcast. So I wasn't going to mention that. So <laughs> well, but it's important for our listeners. Yeah. They get a, so there's a, a one of the big church candles in, stuck in between her breasts and then in between her legs. Yes. So she had nothing on from waist down. Right. So it was it was clear it had been a sexual assault. And then there was also, she'd been stabbed uh, with an ice pick. Right in the in back the of the head. Yes. So that was very apparent also. They also think that she was possibly strangled, but I think later on they said that she wasn't. There was handprints found on the candles um, and then semen left on a pillow next to her. So this is the DNA evidence that they collect. Yeah, they got they actually got a partial print off of the candle yes. and they got DNA off of the the pillow. This is what I don't understand. So I'm like jumping ahead a little bit, but like obviously they have a, a handprint, partial handprint, so they're going to test it. They, um, maybe I should wait to ask my question then because I'm going to give it mm-hmm. away. Never mind. Then okay. I'll ask my question later. All Sorry, right. guys. Okay. The, one of the theories, like I said, is that her murder and her were locked in the church together. So Stephen comes to lock up the church and he just doesn't see anyone in there. So the theory is at this point when he goes to the church to check, the murderer has taken her somewhere else and they're hiding and he's like covering her mouth because he heard Stephen come in to lock up. So Stephen locks up the church thinking that everyone's mm-hmm. gone. And there's witnesses. There's people there that were interviewed that said they saw her there. They saw another guy with like sandy blonde hair that w- was seen going into church mm-hmm. around 1130 at the same time. So they think that, you know, Stephen locked the church with the two of them in there. Yeah. And then the guy just exits through the side door. The other theory is that her husband has something to do with it, right? Because the husband is always, always one of the first ones. Always a suspect. Right. So, you know, he's hysterical. He's upset. He can't find his wife. Especially when I was when reading. They tell, when they start interviewing, they say, well, we had an argument and she walked off. Oh. Well, and what I read is that they didn't actually even tell him that they'd found her murdered. Mm-hmm. For like a couple hours. Yeah. Like they brought him in and yeah. was just questioning him yeah. for a couple hours. Yeah, they got to And he's like so upset. And he finally goes, where is my wife? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like someone tell me where is my wife? That's, that's sucky. Is mm-hmm. that, that's a thing that happens. Well, they got to make sure, you know, what if he did it? You know, they got to make sure that they're, yeah. they're, they're asking him questions. Um, he's answering in a manner that they could uh, assess truthfulness and, they can't yet say your wife is dead. We found her. You know, they got to kind of talk to him a little bit. Yeah. That's just sad. So, I mean, that was a decision they made to do. You, uh, you, yeah. I suppose you, you could tell him right away. Yeah, I know. It's just sucky mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he is fingerprinted, polygraphed. The both of them are asked for, you know, fingerprints and polygraphs. Bruce obviously is like, absolutely anything you need. Steven is a little more hesitant. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he declines to take a, a polygraph. And shortly after this, Bruce is, is ruled out as a suspect. He's cooperative. They don't feel like he has anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Now, the evidence, the FBI lab found 125 fingerprints on objects that were submitted for testing. 
And a composite drawing was made based off of the witness testimony that I had mentioned about like the the kid with the sandy blonde hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, That person was found, though, and cleared. So 125 fingerprints. Well, they the candles. It was the candles. Which, I mean, makes sense. Do you know how those are the big candles in the church? How many people grab those like, ugh. That's insane to Mm -hmm. have to go through 125 fingerprints. How do you even begin to like do that? You just Mm -hmm. test them with the ones you have already? When you get a bunch of fingerprints, you have to kind of determine who's been there, who's touched them. And then you go rule people out and get get fingerprints. But probably, excuse me. Probably with that many people, they just said, look, this is, this is a church. People come in and out and touch the candles. Let's put that to the side. We we may not be able to expend resources on clearing everybody that's been into the church. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, now fast forwarding because this it kind of goes cold, obviously, in 1974. 1979, so Felix Gilrow, he is a New York legal, he's the, legal aid of david berkowitz Mm -hmm. so this is we're jumping into one of the theories i had mentioned Mm -hmm. he's the the you know confessed son of sam killer Mm -hmm. right now he comes forward and says that he thinks that david berkowitz has some information on her murder but then at the same time david berkowitz is also writing a uh letter to the minot police department Mm -hmm. okay so minot is in north dakota North Dakota, right remember we said that they the perrys were from bismarck north dakota so basically what david berkowitz says is that he was in a cult with someone and he had gone to some meetings up in north dakota and someone had been this guy that was in the cult with him had been bragging about killing arliss that he had followed her to california and you know hunted stalked her and killed her yeah, and that's what he wrote on the on the magazine. He wrote, "Yeah, Arliss Perry followed to followed, California, hunted, hunted stalked, stalked, killed. Yeah. killed. Yes, and uh, the reasoning that's given really is that uh, when Arliss was living in North Dakota, she would go down to Minot um, to these satanic cult gatherings to try and convert these people. Yeah, try to, to try convert to get them. them to try come to, to church pre- with her. Preach the word, try to try to convert right. them, yeah. And the theory is that she might have seen or heard something that she wasn't supposed to. So this cult member followed her and killed her for that reason. This is what he's alleging. This is what he's telling yeah. the Minot Police Department. Okay? Mm-hmm. This ends up kind of going nowhere. They they actually the, say they, that they, they ruled fly it. out there. They they yeah they fly they ruled they yeah. discredited it. They right. went to New York and talked with him and said he doesn't know. Yeah, they 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 actually fly out there to sit down and chat. Yeah, with he's him. in New York. Yeah, mm, yeah. And so they said ah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's crazy. Yeah, uh, it was pretty interesting <laughs> to uh, learn about. So that that kind of goes nowhere, um, and that was like they were kind of excited about it. it was a pretty big lead. And then January 1st, 1989. So this is 10 years later after the David Berkowitz thing, right? This is still a cold case. They're still following up leads. They're still working on it, but it's it's kind of gone nowhere. They don't really have anything. Mm-hmm. So January 1st, 1989, uh, this is a few days after Ted Bundy is executed. 
they end up finding out that he was actually, Ted Bundy was actually a registered student at Stanford in 1967. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now this is before obviously 1974, but he came back to visit the area numerous times in 1973 and 1974. There was some talk that he was possibly taking another class in the summer of 1973-74, but it was never on the books or anything. So the there was a the theory that maybe Ted Bundy was the one who had murdered her, Carlos. Mm-hmm. However, eventually it was proven that he was filling his gas tank up in a different whole other mm-hmm. town at the time that she was murdered. Mm-hmm. So that was also debunked. Mm-hmm. But those there was a couple big those big serial killers that were brought up. But this is, is and this is just kind of going unnoticed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going unnoticed. The the cops ruled him out. It's amazing. What Ted Bundy? I okay. don't. I wouldn't think it was Ted Bundy because of the manner of her death. Yeah, is different than his. Okay, MO, so the so. so the police are are trying to figure out a cold case, and at this time they got these wackos. So we already talked about Dave Berkowitz and now Ted Bundy, and they ruled nope, it couldn't, it wasn't him because he was somewhere else. He had an alibi. The seventies right. was a scary time. I don't know how anyone yeah. made it out of the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of serial killers at large in the 70s, especially in California. Yeah. All right. Again, it goes cold. There's really no mm-hmm. leads. And then in 2018, uh, this is where, you know, DNA starts to take off, like we said, with the Golden State Killer case that was in May when they did the genealogy. Mm-hmm. So then, like, a little bit later on in the year, it doesn't specifically say that's when they start doing all the DNA testing. However, in 2016, I jumped ahead a little bit. I'm sorry. In 2016, the police department, they start re-questioning everyone. So they go to Stephen Crawford, who was was the security guard that night that found Arliss Perry. They go back to him and question him. Mm -hmm. And they're really putting on the heat and the pressure. And over the years, they've talked to Bruce Perry, just getting, you know, they they talked to everyone over the years. They're following up with all of the people that was seen in around the church. They're really trying so, to... So Bruce Perry was, was cleared, though, early yeah, on. Yeah, immediately early yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was So cleared. when they're following up talking to him, they're just background information, things like that. Right, because again, like we've mentioned in the past, there's detectives that are, you know, fresh set of eyes coming yep, on the yep. case. So they uh-huh. want to talk to everyone. So in 2016, that's when they're really putting the heat back on everyone, mm-hmm. really trying to get it. Now, Stephen Crawford has always been... A person of interest. Suspect. Yeah, they didn't necessarily clear him. He's the guy no. that found the body. He's the one who found her, the security guard. And you know, his story is was plausible. The, it I mean, was a little shaky at times, yeah, though. I it think, changed a couple. Didn't times. they come back and and they proved that the two a.m. check didn't happen? Yeah, I don't know how they didn't prove that, but I they they prove I don't know how they didn't how they figured that out, but they proved that yeah, that yeah. the two a but again he got a security guard lying about I mean so it, it's it's plausible his story, but mm-hmm. in the back you know the hair in the back of the neck is saying eh yeah and a little bit and they got uh, nothing on him though a little back and from uh, backstory on him and about like why he was mm-hmm. lying and. Into his mindset at the time, okay? So he's actually a U.S. Air Force veteran. And when he got out, he worked as a police officer for the Stanford Department of Public Safety in 1971. Now, a year later, they get a new police 
of uh, chief of police and he really is cracking down on his department and he wants to go through making sure that everyone who has a gun is really qualified to carry a gun. Mm -hmm. So basically he makes everyone reapply for their positions and the people that, you know, didn't that failed, they're offered security jobs in other places in other buildings, right? Where the police departments provides that. Uh, Stephen Crawford is one of these people that fails. And so he is offered the security guard position at, Mm -hmm. you know, Stanford university. And he is not happy. He wants revenge on the school and on the police department. He is not okay with it. He's very unhappy. So he starts stealing from the school. He starts really lashing out. He stole artifacts. Yeah. From the, um, was it from the church? And the, one of the museums, the museums like yeah. artifacts and paintings and stuff. Yeah, he's. I don't really know how he wasn't fired before this happened. Yeah, I don't get uh, like he and like why like why did it the sounds chief like police he still had those him. or something? Yeah, it. When you watch the witness, press conference, yeah, yeah, there was a witness too? that talked about having been in his house, yeah. and saw all these artifacts and stuff. Yeah, and we'll get to the press conference. It's going to happen in a second. They talk about looking yeah. for things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I think that's what they were looking for. Yeah. I don't understand why he just wasn't fired. If you're deemed, like, from the police department, if he made you reapply and you guys failed, why yeah, were so you it just doesn't not make, fired? It doesn't make sense to me because yeah. if you, this police chief wants to professionalize the department, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, so this is in the, the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently a new police chief with experience and it wants to innovate and process improve and, and such. And it sounds like one of the first things was, okay, we got a bunch of badges here that are just strapping on guns. We're going to, we're going to make sure that they, they pass this qualification course. And I can only imagine those days that, okay, here's a standard qualification course. Mm-hmm. Well, fair game for everybody. Everybody's lining up. Those people that have been on the job and they can't even qualify in the basic course. Yeah, why are they allowed to be around with a badge and a gun as a security guard? Like, why? Why well, weren't the they just fired? Well, the security guards didn't have a gun. That was the no, point. but I don't care. Like, yeah, it, it, like yeah, they yeah, professionalize. Just go. Have a nice day. Go find somewhere else to work. Yeah, I don't understand that either. He, sh- I think they should have just been fired. Yeah. But because you most definitely created a disgruntled employee. Now, I don't know about the seventies, but I can tell you that the uh, labor laws in California are a lot more strict and it is harder to fire yeah, people. Yeah, so they were state employees, now. you're right. So I don't yeah. know how it was in the 70s, no, but I can tell you point. now. That's a good point. It's a, like you're not going to be <laughs> you're not going to be a police officer. Right. But you can do something and you can work the night shift and make sure all the doors are locked in all the buildings. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, you know, benefit of the doubt for no, the state. No, you there. you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, so disgruntled employee, like you said. Yeah, they created it. Yeah. Like I said, 2016 is when they really begin uh, cracking down on the investigation. They start retesting all of that DNA, uh, you know, because Bruce had willingly given them DNA originally. And over the years, they had like picked it, picked in. Mm-hmm. small pieces retesting every now and then yeah. right because I'm, I'm assuming even though someone's cleared they're still gonna double check over the years right if it's still an unsolved case yeah because remember advances and they can do different right, tests right. and stuff and then it depends on how much dna they have right because you, right. you tick away at that every time you it's, test it it sounds like they had enough also it sounds like bruce probably would have given them more he was yeah. cooperative i i can't imagine him not you know right 
so in 2016, they do the same thing. Now, this is a little, this is why I was like, did they do genealogy? Obviously, Stephen has not been cooperative. In 2016, they try and get more DNA. He says no. They get his DNA off of something he discarded. Wasn't specific what it was and how they got it. Yeah, so All it wasn't was, it wasn't genealogy. They're just they're no, just, but that's they, that's what they I'm have saying, a why? suspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So genealogy. Remember when they track they track back and say, oh, we think right, right. Th- they have a suspect, so they now have to get his DNA because they're testing the, that semen DNA from the pillow. Mm-hmm. And as the years go on, they're getting better testing. So now they want to try to match it. Well, they got this guy that they never could really. I guess fully clear. They never had enough. So what they said is yeah. they never had enough evidence to arrest. Right. He never said anything to make them right be able to arrest him. So remember, they go into this to clear people, right? So okay, mm-hmm. let's 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 clear you then, right? So he says no, and how do they get his DNA? They they followed him and picked up. Yeah, it's they awesome. picked it we up. Love this picked stuff. it up yeah, off of this is the best. something he discarded. Yeah. That was all I could find. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. still pretty cool. We've done a couple of cases like that. Right. Okay. Now to two thousand eighteen. Okay. Police show up on June twenty eighth, two thousand eighteen. Police show up to his San Jose apartment at nine oh four AM to serve a search warrant. And to arrest him. It was a search warrant and an arrest because warrant. Because the DNA matched. Right. Uh, so they wanted to search his apartment and arrest him. They find they felt mm-hmm. like they finally had enough to arrest him yeah, and to so go to trial. They said that they felt like they had enough to get a conviction, basically. Mm-hmm. So they show up, and this is on footage. You guys can actually watch the footage. And honestly, if you just watch the Son of Sam uh, documentary on Netflix that just came out. This footage is at the end of this mm-hmm. documentary because it, oh, mind blowing, crazy, <laughs> no spoilers. Yeah. But they show up to serve the search warrant. He doesn't like open the door. He just is like, "Who is it?" Whatever, and they're like, "Police." And he says, "Okay, hold on, I'm not dressed. Let me get dressed real quick." He's o- he's an old man at this point. Okay, old man, and they're like, "Oh, do you need help?" He's like, "No, I'm just putting on pants." They feel like he's stalling, so they yeah, just... He's in his 70s now. Right. So, and the police officers, were, I thought, were being very nice to him. The police yeah, officer yeah, was yeah. like, do you need help? We can send someone in to help you, make this go easy. So they feel like he's stalling, and they go to unlock the apartment because they had gotten the master key from, the, you know, because he's living in an apartment complex. They go to unlock it. They open the door, and he's sitting on the bed with a gun. So the police all, you know, what's the word? Retreat. I couldn't think of the word. They all retreat. Yeah, yeah they go, they get they get take cover. Right. They hear one gunshot, and he shoots himself. Yeah. Apparently, they didn't do their homework. They didn't know he had a gun. Yeah, they didn't know he had a gun. Uh, this is it is it was being investigated though that because it was uh, he killed himself. They they said that they considered it an officer involved shooting so they were investigating it properly but it's all on camp like the footage you can see yeah yeah yeah. uh so yeah he shot himself and they go in to you know search the place and they did end up finding a suicide note from 2016 where he wanted to kill himself right he doesn't mention arliss perry he doesn't mention the murder Um, and he doesn't really mention why he just it's a suicide note dated 2016. And the detective uh, believes that it, that's that's when they really started 
cracking down on him hard. Mm. So they believe that that's really when he started thinking about it because they started coming around asking for DNA and interrogating him again. Yeah, so they got the DNA and he kills himself. Now, so they find that note and then they found a book called The Ultimate Evil, which is about serial killers and about... That's the, that's, the, that's the journalist that wrote that. The journalist that was... Right? Am I right? Yes. That and was, he is the one that that, that Son of Sam documentary so, is based yeah, off yeah. of. Yeah, he, he's the one that started researching this cult. And he says, look, I'm going to talk to David Berkowitz because I think he knows something. And and he got David Berkowitz to allegedly talk about being in a cult. or or right. I don't know if Berkowitz says he was in a cult. but He, he said att- he was in a cult. He, he yeah, was, yeah, He was attending meetings and he was, yeah. It was, no, he straight up said okay, he was in a cult. Yeah, he was in yeah, a cult. Yeah. And in North Dakota, so and where he in New York, so he's right. So he's that that journalist is is deceased at this time, but he that book <laughs> that book was written by him, and that book talks about Arliss Perry because he had basically he the the his name is Maori Terry. He believed heavily that David Berkowitz did not act alone as the son of Sam, mm-hmm. and he when David Berkowitz said, "I know who killed him. It was a part of a cult." Blah blah blah. Maori didn't necessarily believe that part, but he did go to his grave saying that Stephen Crawford is the one who murdered Arliss Perry. He, oh, oh, the the author Maori Terry. Yeah, yeah he yeah. said, yeah. It, but he he also went to his grave saying that it was it was cult, it was a cult thing. Yeah, I, so I, he did heavily believe the satanic rituals the, the in the cult that mm-hmm. Stephen Crawford was in the cult. There's no indication that he was a part of a cult. No, I I feel like. The cult did their homework, and they found themselves uh, um, a scapegoat. Or no, they fi- they found them uh, someone to do the work. They found a guy that was disgruntled. Oh, and so you think it? This is so still this, the work of the cult. You think she was meant to die because of the cult? So they tracked her down and had someone else do it. And they so she's working there. They find this security guard who's who's um you know disgruntled. And they get him to do it. I hadn't even thought about that because I, I, I was so when when this sh- the the show ended and I I found out that it was Stephen Crawford. I was like, okay, but then how did David Berkowitz know about Arliss Perry? How did he know that she was murdered? How did he know? How, right? Yeah, that's so that's, that's what I've been stuck on. I'm like, the, okay, mm. what's the what's the time frame? When did David and he Berkowitz, like knew that she was religious? When did David she, Berkowitz send that? Copy the magazine to the the North Dakota. That was 1979. So it was five years after the murder. Five years after the murder. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I think David Berkowitz had already been in prison mm-hmm. for like about five years, four years. And it, or it could just be, but but why would he come up with that story that they tracked her? You know, they tracked her down. You know, she was trying yeah. to preach to them, and we know that she was trying to preach to them. Right, I think that's been proven. Yeah, her friends and family yeah, talked, about, talked that. about that. Yeah, they talked about that. It's been proven. So that that's just my my crazy theory right there. Absent any other information, you know. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of coincidences. I mean, Minot and Bismarck, I don't, they're not that close together, and David Berkowitz was really only going to Minot. Mm-hmm. I so I don't know. There's there's some coincidence. I I definitely believe the David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, the cult thing more than I would ever believe the Ted Bundy. Like yeah, that it's makes not more Ted sense Bundy, than Ted Bundy. Uh, right. Five years later, he's in prison. He sends his magazine to the police up there and says, hey. He's not like a box of stuff. Yeah. Hey, listen, talking to a guy in probably prison guy, right? In jail, cult guy. 
or, or was he? Was no, he, no, he said he was, it was when he was, it was on the when outside. He was on the outside. He yeah, was at like a cult, cult meeting, meeting in Bismarck. Bismarck, and someone was bragging. This guy was bragging about it, but he wouldn't give up any names. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. He didn't I find give up it any unlikely names of anything. that there's no relationship. There's no proof that um, Stephen Crawford was up in North Dakota, right? Do, do you see what I'm saying? So I think they. They found yeah. a guy. They found the right guy that, in their mind, right? I think they did track her down. Oh, the cult? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's All possible. Right. I, like, okay. You guys have to go watch the show. Do your own research. It's insane. The way that the show ended, I, like, screamed and jumped up because it was just mm-hmm. insane. The author of this book, Maori Terry, and who the show is basically based off, he is the only one who ever got an interview with David Berkowitz. Okay, yeah. he built kind of a relationship ish, and David Berkowitz ends up, you know, finding God, and he ends up, of course, t- yeah. He he ta- when he talks to Maori Terry, he he is very much like, I don't want to talk about this. This is really hard stuff for me to talk about. And the only things he'll really say is he'll only give the two names of the actual sons of Sam, you guys have to go watch it, Yeah, who are dead. And then he only says, yes, I shot this person. No, I didn't shoot this person. That's all he really says. But he, I don't, there, all of the evidence that mm-hmm. Maori Terry finds and connects is irrefutable evidence that's believable. He's not just going off of a theory, mm-hmm. going off of what this, you know, murderer says, right? He's like investigating stuff and it's all like, proven things right and he was saying that Stephen Crawford was the killer so what's the relationship between Stephen Crawford and David Berkowitz and this cult yeah that would be that's the thing that we don't know he's a disgruntled employee they somehow they somehow got some you know I'm not familiar with cults wanting to track down somebody yeah to, to kill Somebody, because they, because they have got offended. Well, you know? well, okay. When you talk about the son of Sam and David Berkowitz, mm-hmm. then you also connect Charles Manson, the children, I think is what it's called, and the process. There's like a ton of other cults, mm-hmm. and they all seem very, I hunty. Oh, so maybe Killy. maybe it was because remember Manson's so, like go yeah. kill go kill people, right? Yeah. Maybe that message is out there. Hey, you know what? Remember that girl that was trying to convert us? Mm-hmm. Let's go down mm-hmm. and get her. Then we'll do. That's our that's our part. That's our role. Uh, that's possible. Yeah. And again, there was no David Berkowitz was very scared to talk. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. Okay, there while he was in prison, the cult he was a part of was in the the process. They were in prison also. Mm-hmm. So he said a couple times to Maori that he was afraid to talk yeah so if he was afraid to talk i'm sure they wouldn't stop to you know so travel is this case closed then yes they consider this closed because that's who they're saying that's who killed yeah that's who i mean the dna was on the pillow right so again this is the one that we will never know what why motive yeah Right. We have another motive. And like I said, we're police. Just, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to. We're trying to guess. The police believe that it was just him acting out revenge towards the school. They don't believe that this had anything to do with the cult or Satanism or anything like that. They believe she was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and she was his victim. Yeah, I for can't revenge. tell. I can't tell if the police 
Okay, they know he did it, but I can't tell if the police tried to track down the 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 cult lead. I don't think they did. I think they just I don't said because they, they they have their guy, right? What's what do they care about the other piece up in North Dakota? Uh, they also contacted forty three people from nineteen seventy four that were in or around the church and tested mm-hmm. their DNA to rule them out in two thousand sixteen. Yeah. So can you imagine? Yeah. They oh, that's right. They did. They, they did clear yeah. a whole bunch of people. Yeah. So they weren't. I don't think they were hunting down that the cult lead. Yeah. Because no. if he didn't have an immediate apparent. Yeah, that's the thing. We'll never know. Connection. So they collected evidence, it, it, but this probably wasn't like the best crime scene. But they collected evidence, and then they right. continued to to, to um, test it over over the years. And I don't think the fingerprints. So, okay, so that was my question. Let's talk about that for a second. Why? So, originally it says that his, Stephen Crawford, his fingerprints, his handprint did not match the one from the candlestick. Yeah. So, uh, I'm like, You know, gloves, he wore gloves. Again, the candlesticks are those, they they described it, how long were they? They were pretty long. You know the big candles in the church? Yeah, church candles, yeah. You know? Do you know how many people touch those things? Yeah. You know, and so maybe he had gloves. Well, no, I don't know that because it yeah. sounds like a Catholic church. Yeah, so we didn't. So we you, didn't do you, candles. You, you're right, and they're big, and they're people. You know, they touch. You know, um, moving around and stuff. So he, he might have had gloves on. The fingerprints didn't didn't, didn't yield that. yield anything. There's no indication. How many fingerprints did they have again? Did you say 125? Yeah, there's no indication that they identified who those 125 were, right? And there's no indication that they said, okay, everybody, I, I would have thought that they rallied up everybody that worked at the church and got their fingerprints and then matched them up and ruled, ruled I mean, but... Yeah, but 125 but, but here's the problem, there. right? Here's the problem. Those people are in the church. They could probably be placed in the church. So that doesn't necessarily mean they were the killer, right? Now, if they had Crawford's DNA and they put his fingerprint on the candlestick, that's even even better. But the fingerprints alone, I don't in a public open place like that, that's I don't know. That's kinda hard. You you can you can oh, I was at church. Yeah, I went up to like yeah. I was helping the pastor. I was I was lighting the candle. I grabbed the candle, you know, I had to move around. Oh, I'm the cleaning guy. I come in, move the candles around. That's my job. Yeah. You know? All that does is place you in the church, like really. That's you know that's so that's a tough one, yeah. That's crazy. Well, good thing they collected again. This I is mean, before. semen on a pillow, right next to the body. That's pretty. There's no damn reason why that should be there. So, yeah, that's pretty damning. And that's that's where they got the DNA from. Yeah, they, like I said, they they were confident that they were going to get a conviction, and they said multiple times the detective did a. She had a press conference and she said, listen, we had every intent to arrest him. He was absolutely walking out in handcuffs. Yeah. We were not just serving a search warrant. Yeah. So they, they would, they took their time, probably they get the DNA and they took their time. I think that's when they ruled out the 2 a.m. Um, so they yeah. started poking holes in his story is what they did. But they had a, they interviewed a lot of people and, and they were poking holes in his story and they said, okay. And the prosecutor did a good job. Say, okay, we think we can convict him. Go, here's the warrant. Go, go search and go get him. Go make the arrest. 
So right. that's yeah, that's kind of this one was was a little different. That this one was just a lot of theories. I got excited about this one because of the yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have to go watch that. It's literally crazy. Like I said, it's about the son of Sam, but this our list does get brought up. And then at the end of that documentary is this bombshell and I screamed. You know, <laughs> I was this like, is, Oh my god. You gotta you hear the stories, you gotta follow the evidence, right? Mm-hmm. And then in the same sentence, you could get analysis paralysis and you have so much going on that that you don't know where to go. And then I think you'll you'll hear there's a there's an anecdotal saying that says sometimes the most bizarre thing is the most probable thing too. Yeah. You know, but can you imagine in the 70s so they didn't have all this cult stuff, right? They just had they collected evidence and they have a security guard who can be there. His fingerprints can be everywhere. And by the way, yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, his fingerprints can be all over the place, right? Cuz he's could be explained, yeah. Yeah, he can he can come on up the with the door. He, I mean, he's, I think I think his DNA and his fingerprints on those candles specifically would yeah. would um would would seal the deal, but he can explain that. Oh, I no, these two were leaning. I went over and grabbed them and 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 turned them up. Oh, were those the ones over in the corner? Yeah, I, I went and grabbed them when I was in there and straightened them out. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's what you hard. have to do when you when let's say that's the only evidence and you're going to use it, what you have to do is you have to ask questions and get a story before you go in for the, you know, for the strike, right? Let's right. use the silly example I just gave you. Hey, so do you ever what what do you do when you go in there? Do you ever hang out and pray before you lock up or anything? Do, do you ever straighten up anything? You know what I mean? Nope, don't. I don't. I don't touch anything. Yeah. I don't touch anything because one time I bumped into the organ and made a noise, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. I don't touch anything. I go in. I look around with my flashlight and then I lock the door. I don't touch anything. Right. So you 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 interview them in a manner where you get them to tell that story, mm-hmm. and then. If his fingerprints were on the the candlestick, then you do you see how that's a, a yeah. little bit, do you see how yeah, that works? I thought you said you didn't touch anything. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so that's what you gotta you gotta do. But it, he he could t- he could talk away. His fingerprints can be in there. To be honest with you, it, DNA, not semen. Semen's a little hard. Yeah. To, to, there was no to, way he to, was gonna to argue. Talk about um, that. So. Yeah. I'm curious if they got d- uh, fingerprints off of the ice pick too, because that you can't explain that away either. Why yeah, your fingerprints were on an ice pick. That was so he probably yeah, that's right. The one fin- he, I bet stuff. he had gloves on. You know the thing we don't know. It's bugging me. Was it this cult, and was there cult members in that church with them? Yeah. <laughs> and the going back to the documentary in Maori Terry, mm-hmm. this was his point. So you mentioned you can go down you know, go a little insane. Yeah. Rabbit so holes, he, yep. he literally spent, you know, 30 years. He, all he did was dedicate his time to researching, uh, this mm-hmm. theory that he had because he was so angry that there were possible more shoot, possibly more shooters, mm-hmm. a part of this cult that were out on the loose in our country. 
possibly killing and shooting yeah. and sacrificing dogs and As like they everything they were the doing. David Berkowitz case, right. I think. Yeah. So he was so upset about this mm-hmm. and that's why he, you know, he went to his grave with all of this on his, his one of his last few statements was please go check out this address yeah. to his friend. Yeah. So he You can get obsessed. You can get obsessed and you can get blinders on too though. Oh, so right. So his point was we need to find these people because like you just said, what if there were more cult members in that church Mm -hmm. and now they're just roaming around everywhere. So that was really Maori's point. The police believed they had their guy and they're going to close it. They're not going to expend any more resources on it. So, right. Just like in New York too. All right. So thank you guys for sticking with us, listening to that. Like I said, go watch Go watch the show and do some mm-hmm. research on your own. It's freaking crazy. Also, go look up her husband, Dr. Bruce Perry. He's, it's insane <laughs> that I spent like an hour and a half. Yeah, he's a pretty prominent. I had no person. idea. And I had seen, so when I was scrolling through Oprah's, it was like her soul something, super soul, super uh-huh. Sunday. And I had seen that she had done some interview with some doctor. And I was like, oh, I don't know who that is. And then while I was doing research into this case, I was like, hold up. I recognize that name. And I went and saw that it was him. I was like, oh my gosh, it's insane. It was it's crazy. So don't forget next week, we will not have an episode for you guys. Okay. The following week, we'll, we will be back. You can still, we'll still be active on Instagram, Twitter. Oh, we're on Twitter now. This is the first episode since we've done that, so yeah. I can tell you guys. Um, so you can follow us now on Twitter. It's TC Archives Pod. And then on Instagram, we're at True Crime Archives Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can give us a rate and review on Apple and Anchor.fm. We really love to hear from you guys. Don't forget, next week, no episode. Mm-hmm. Week after, we'll be right back. <laughs> Enjoy Memorial Day with yes. the family. That's what we're going to do, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. Yep, and we'll see you guys then. Later. Bye. Bye.